Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, welcome to this week's Baldhead Bible Podcast. And I'd just like to encourage you, if you enjoy this podcast, to please consider supporting us. Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible, and there you'll see different levels that you can support us at. It isn't much. I'm not trying to get rich off of this or anything like that, but you can support us for the mighty amount of $1 a month. $1 a month, which comes to $12 a year. And what do you get for that? Well, you get access to the Baldhead Bible Podcast after show, Waxing the Dome. It's a 10-minute show where I'll be talking about various things, and I'll probably be, number one, talking about extra content that I wasn't able to get at about the character for this week, and I'll throw in some things that I just ran out of time to talk about and wasn't able to fit in the show, or or number two, I'll be interviewing some really cool people, some theological friends I have or pastoral friends I have who can give us some insight on the book or the character we're going through that week. Or finally, I'll just interview some really cool people that are just fun to meet. Or maybe I'll just chat about stuff. But it's just for supporters of the podcast. It's going to be a 10-minute show. Our premiere episode is free. So check it out, Baldhead Bible Podcast after show waxing the dome but starting this week it's only going to be accessible to our supporters so for a dollar a month you get access to this 10 minute after show podcast which will be a lot of fun but if you want to go higher you can support us for three dollars a month and there you get the after show waxing the dome as well as a sticker We've created some Bald Head Bible merch, if you'd like to look at it that way, and I will mail you a sticker if you join for $3 per month. And our highest level is $5 a month, and there you get the Bald Head Bible podcast after show waxing the dome. Plus, secondly, you get a sticker. Plus, thirdly, you get the ability to download a PDF, and it'll be a series of questions that you can use to think through the story in the podcast. You could use these questions as a way to have devotions with your family or use it with your Bible study group. And I'll try to throw in, if I can, a little crossword puzzle that maybe your kid and you can fill in as you listen to the podcast. So... You get that if you join at $5 per month. So think about supporting the podcast. You can support us, again, easily for $1 a month. It's called the Buzz Cut. Or you can join us at $3 a month, which is called Shaved. You're getting closer to the bald goodness. And then the highest level, $5 a month. And that's called True Baldy. 
you have reached true bald head Bible perfection. So I'd encourage you to think about it. Um, it costs me some money to put this podcast on, but of course you don't have to join at all and you can just listen to the main podcast, which will always be free. And I want to get the message of the Bible and the excitement of scripture out there. So do not worry. That will always be free. But if you'd like to think about supporting us, go once again to patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible or just go to patreon.com and search baldhead Bible. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. It must have been a tough, arduous journey for these two widows to take. They had to leave the land of Moab and head west back to the town of Bethlehem. About 50 miles. And this would have been a many-day journey for them. They wouldn't have just done this overnight. And to do this without the protection of their husbands or their sons or men of any kind, I wonder what it was like. And especially to do it during the time of the judges, this would have been dangerous indeed for them to go back. And I think what doubly would have made this bad is their grief and their sadness. They just lost their husbands. Naomi had just lost her sons. And now to go on this arduously long journey. I can imagine they came over the hill. They start into Bethlehem. Yes, they're in Israel. And yes, Naomi is back home. And as she comes in, I can see at the city gates, people begin to notice her. Hey, that, that, that's Naomi. That, that's the daughter of so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was married to Elimelech. Yeah, and it says that when she came back, it caused quite a stir in the town. I can imagine they came up to her and hugged her. Welcome back, Naomi. Oh, so good. Where's where's Elimelech? Where's your two sons? Then they'd look at Naomi's face and realize they were dead. They were gone and they probably saw the tears streaming down Naomi's face and she looks at them and she says, no longer call me Naomi. You need to call me Mara, which means bitter. Please call me Mara for the Almighty, which she uses the name of God that is like a victorious name. The God of victory in battle. The Almighty, victorious, yes, has dealt very bitterly with me. God doesn't like me. She keeps referencing how Yahweh has brought me back empty. And she says, I left full with two sons and a husband anticipating the future. I left full, but now Yahweh's brought me back empty. And the Almighty has brought calamity. And I can imagine she begins to wail, call me Mara. And they all gather around her and they start to cry with her. I mean, we've all been there, right? When tragedy comes into your life, 
tragedy doesn't knock on the door and say, hey, we're going to show up um, in about two weeks. Just to give you a warning, no. Most tragedy comes in like a herd of elephants. <laughs> Killing, knocking over everything in your life and then leaving. Or ding dong. You open it expecting a friend and in comes a blitzkrieg of monkeys. <laughs> Tearing everything about, destroying everything and then <laughs> leaving. And you're left breathless. And you're like, what just happened? This is what? This is horrible? I never expected. I can't believe what's happening. Where did that come from? And you're left with sadness and depression. And you think God's hand has turned against you? Call me Mara. Now I will commend her for her faithfulness. She keeps talking about God in the middle of all this. This is good. But she doesn't talk about the joy and the beauty and how God loves her and how God is merciful. And I think standing right next to her is a sign that God has not forgotten her. I think she could have turned and looked at this beautiful young woman in her late 20s named Ruth who left Moab, who left her family to follow Naomi and her God. I wonder if Ruth's thinking, yes, you left full, but you didn't just return empty. You returned a little full. What about me? And at the end of chapter one, we see a glimpse of hope. Here's Ruth. The Moabitess is with her. And the other phrase that gives us some hope, Naomi, guess what? You've returned at the beginning of barley harvest. We know the story. We know what's going to happen. Don't give up hope, Naomi. And we also know Romans chapter 8, right? All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. God will turn tragedy into triumph, horribleness into happiness if you trust him. And Naomi, you are. And standing next to you is the beautiful Ruth. She's going to start a chain of events that's going to change the world. Don't give up hope, Naomi. That's what we'd like to say. Don't give up hope, Mara. Don't go by that name. Number one, it's ugly sounding. And number two, Naomi's way cooler. Number three, don't give up hope. And I want to say to anybody who's listening to this who feels like, Naomi, God's hand is against me. God must hate me. If you know the Lord is your Savior, that is not true. You need to claim Romans 8 and that whole passage there and how it ends with this beautiful verse of how all things work together for good. To those that are his children, don't give up hope. Seek the joy amidst all the darkness around you. Find the light and pursue it. Well, Ruth is here. And Ruth gets up the next day, and she says, you know what? We've got to get going, Naomi. I have got to provide for you. I've got to provide for me. We have no husbands to take care of us. We've got to do something about this. So Ruth, she knows the rights of the poor. And back then, the rights of the poor were basically this. They had the rights to the corners of the field. And they had the right to gather grain in a field after the harvesters had passed through. And those quarters were to be left by the landowners so that the poor, the widows, the orphans could come to those corners and reap grain. 
Or they could also follow the harvesters through the field and they could glean grain. Anything that fell off the truck, any full crop of grain that was left, people would come behind and they would take their baskets and they'd take these stalks and they would put them in it. They would go to the corners and they would put them in it. See, they took care of their poor back then by allowing them to work. And I think we forget that there is beauty in work. You know, when Adam and Eve were created, God didn't just let them wander around the Garden of Eden and eat beautiful food and do nothing. No, he put them in the garden and he gave them each jobs. And he says, you have got to get to work. Men and women, man was created for work. And so in the laws in the Old Testament here, the poor were taken care of by saying, you go out and harvest. You go out and provide for yourself. You go out and provide for your family. You can do this work. And so Ruth headed out. And she got up early, and I can imagine she came to the fields, and she looked around, and she's thinking, where should I go? And maybe she asked, hey, where should I go? And I wonder if a couple of the Jewish women ignored her, because she was a Moabite. They were condemned by God for the last ten generations. I don't know if we can trust them, but I bet there were a couple who said, no, she came with Naomi. She's claiming our God. She's one of us. And when Ruth asked maybe one of them what field she should go at, and this person randomly pointed to one of the richest men's fields in the region. You should go harvest at that field over there. It's, it's run by a guy named Boaz, and he can be trusted. He can, he's a godly man. You go for that field there, and, and Boaz treats his workers well. Go for his field, and so. Ruth just randomly, do you think by sheer luck, she just happened to pick the field of a man named Boaz. Now, it talks about Boaz being a, a man of standing. He was a wealthy man, but he was also a man who did good, who followed Yahweh, who lived righteously. Now, remember, this is during the time of the judges, when bad things were happening because people were doing what was right in their own eyes and they didn't care to follow God's commandments. Well, Ruth is trying to do right. Naomi is faithful to Yahweh. And they go to the field of Boaz, who is a mighty man of valor. That's literally what the Hebrew there means. Somebody who is willing to follow God, willing to honor him. It also indicates he was wealthy and a member of the upper class. Ruth gets there and she starts to glean. And she works hard. And she's over there gleaning. Well, in walks Boaz. And maybe he was there to check on his field to see how things were going and to see how the harvest was and what the productions were. And he's looking over there, looking at his spreadsheet, checking out, yeah, we got that much grain, it's going. And he looks over and a woman catches his eye. Sees. Probably in his brain, what he's thinking is the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. I honestly, I don't think Ruth was an ugly woman. For him to notice her amidst all the gleaners and all the harvesters, I bet she was a babe and he notices her. Who is that? And so he goes to his foreman and, oh, how are things going? Oh, who's doing what and what's doing what? And 
Then he just randomly asks, hey, who is that woman over there? And the foreman goes, oh, that's the Moabite woman that came with Naomi. Boaz, oh, that's her. Because everybody had heard of Ruth because, number one, she was a Moabite. She wasn't from Bethlehem. She wasn't a Jew. But number two, he'd heard of her because of the way Ruth had been taking care of her mother-in-law. The kindness she had shown to her mother-in-law. That story began to spread throughout the town. And Boaz, later on, when he talks to her, says, I've heard of the goodness that you've shown to your mother-in-law. I've heard of the good things that you have done for her. See, it's interesting. Everybody has a reputation, don't we? Even the new person in town immediately gets a reputation. The Bible says even a child is known by his doings. Everybody knows, oh, that kid's a brat. Oh, that kid's wonderful. Oh, that kid works hard. Oh, that kid's lazy. Everybody has a reputation. And when I read something like this, I think, what is my reputation like, I wonder? I hope it's good. I hope when people think of me, they think, hey, he's kind, he's generous, he's loving. Well, Ruth is working hard. And in fact, the foreman points that out. She's been working from early morning and, and she hasn't even taken a break. And the others, they've taken lots of breaks, but she's been working hard since the early morning and She's a hard worker, and, and she hasn't stopped for anything. And the foreman says she's continued from early morning until now. She took a short rest, he says, but otherwise she keeps working, and she keeps working, and she keeps working. And so Boaz thinks, wow, I'd like to get to know this woman. Number one, she's attractive to look at. Number two, she's a hard worker. Number three... I've heard of the good things she's done for her mother-in-law and how her heart must be something special. And so Boaz goes over to her and he says, Now listen, my daughter. Now right there, that word, my daughter. He talks to her like she's a young child, indicating, not that she is a young child, but indicating that Boaz is way older than Ruth. We're not exactly certain of the age. Some people think Boaz was as old as Naomi was. So there might be, if that's true, like 20 years difference between them. But all we do know is that Boaz was quite a significant amount older than Ruth. And he starts talking to her. And, and he starts telling her, hey, thank you for the way you take care of your mother-in-law. I've heard great things about you. Hey, I just want to say, I've told my young men to not harm you. And, and, and when you go get thirsty, you can go to our little shelter over there and you can drink water from the same pots that the young men draw from. You go ahead and take some of that. And Ruth wipes her brow and she smiles. And says she falls down on her face. She bows down to the ground and she says, Oh, Boaz, thank you. Why have I found favor in your eyes? Why have I found favor? Thank you. 
And Boaz stands her up and gently tells her, You showed grace to Naomi. I've heard about that. And I hope the Lord repays you for the good you have done. And I pray that Yahweh, the God of Israel, and then he says, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. That's huge. Here, Boaz is using this term under his wings, this protecting God. He's talking about God in a merciful, wonderful way that is usually reserved for people who have an intimate knowledge of God and who care about righteous things. Boaz, by using this phrase, indicates he's a good man. And she says, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord. Thank you, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And she's so thankful, and she goes off, and she starts gleaning some more. And Boaz turns to his foreman, and he says, Listen, I want you to take care of her. And I want you, wherever she's gleaning, I want you to make sure some sheaves and some bundles of wheat and barley are just accidentally falling off the cart. I want you to make sure that the men around her pull out some of the barley and the wheat and leave it there for her to glean and and make sure that she can get a lot of stuff. Just leave some of that for her. Don't rebuke her. Please protect her. Watch out for her. And I think that idea of watching out for her was huge. Because remember, this is during the time of the Judges and bad things are happening, right? At the end of the book of Judges, we just heard about how these men of Benjamin had run out and just grabbed women, just ran them off. And they were now their wives, ripped them from their family. Or, or we heard the butcherous story of how people fought each other and did what they wanted. They didn't care what God thought. They took what they wanted and... A woman without a family and a man to protect her without any type of connection, a foreigner in that country would have been particularly in danger. But Boaz says, watch out for her. Protect her. Give her extra grain. Make sure extra stuff falls in her way. Make sure that extra is given to her. Ruth was shown grace upon grace, kindness upon kindness. And she was showing these things way more than she deserved. And she knows this. And I wonder if she keeps picking up all this extra grain and she's like, wow, where is this all coming from? And how she later on, it says she goes and she eats with Boaz and his harvesters and his men and they eat roasted grain. What they would do is they would take some of the grain and they would put it on a hot metal plate and they would add some oil and fry it up. And then they would eat it along with some wine there and they would drink together. And Boaz invited her, a foreigner, to eat with him and his men. Again, grace shown way beyond anything that she deserved. So finally, Ruth heads home. And it says they find that they have over 30 pounds of barley. 30 pounds of barley. That 
is way more than anything that would normally have been gleaned or harvested. It was about five gallons worth of barley. And this was enough for Ruth and Naomi to live on for several weeks to come. Most people are gleaning in those corners. They get maybe about two or three days. They got enough for weeks. Bountiful blessings. And when Naomi saw what she'd gotten, she turns to Ruth and goes, Where did you glean today? Blessed be the man who took notice of you, is what she says. And she goes, I, I think the man I worked for, his name is Boaz. Naomi pauses. She puts down the barley that she's been working on. Remember, I said her name was Mara. Call me Mara. And it was sadness and depression and horribleness. But now I think... For the first time, a smile comes on Naomi's face. And she begins to see hope. She should have seen hope in Ruth standing next to her the whole time, but now she sees real hope for Ruth and for her and their future. I can imagine Naomi turns to Ruth and says, Boaz. Boaz is a close relative and, and could become our kinsman redeemer. She's so excited. Ruth goes, yes. And Naomi goes, yes. And then Ruth goes, well, what's a kinsman redeemer? And Naomi smiles because you know what a kinsman redeemer is? Well, if you come back next week, we will discuss what a kinsman redeemer is. But one thing I want you to understand here is the grace that Boaz shows Naomi, who maybe don't deserve it. The book of Ruth is all about the gospel. People being given something they don't deserve. And when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he gave us all something that we didn't deserve. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.